Welcome, everyone, back to Anonymous Addiction Deprogramming Podcast with Bobby C. And guess who we have finally on the podcast? Zach Rhodes. All right, he's with us. Man. <laughs> I try, I try, you know, I tried to get I tried to get Zach on for a couple of weeks. He he was sick, his family was sick, he had some setbacks and stuff like that. And I was persistent because, you know, where I believe wherever the tension goes, the energy flows, you know. So I put my attention in getting this gentleman on my podcast, and here he is. I appreciate you being persistent. You could have easily ditched me. I could have did that, man, very easily. <laughs> because you know where my head goes? My head goes in different places real quick, you know. <laughs> and I got to get myself back thinking, hey, hey, let's, let's be persistent. Let's give uh, Zach a chance to come back and blah, 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 you know. Um, Zach, you know, I, I like to know about Zach from just the person, you know, because when I listen to, I, I listen to your podcast with, uh, Dr. Uh, Stanton Peel, which I love. And, um, but I listen to other things with the social exchange network, which you host and probably started i'm sure you did that's your channel on youtube mm -hmm. social exchange so check that out ladies and gentlemen um and i and i i get the you know like the the intellectual but then i then i hear the the real human being you know and that's what attracts me um the the academic uh, college degrees scientific researches all that stuff, you can just go around and around and around and actually it could be a mind cluster and, and drive you crazy. Hmm. So, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, people, keep it simple. When they say keep it simple, you know, they, they say Alcoholics Anonymous. There's some slogans in Alcoholics Anonymous that didn't even come from Alcoholics Anonymous. They're just good slogans, hmm. you know. And uh, sometimes just keeping it simple is a, is a good slogan in the beginning. Uh, but Zach, first of all, tell me a little bit about, was your addiction, how serious it was, was it to, let's say, from a framework of your, your family? Serious, you know, um, I had a heroin monkey on my back, so that was my thing. I, mean, I got over-involved in a lot of different things, just as an escape or trying to pursue some kind of pleasure, but not totally. And uh, it got serious. It got serious to my financials, to my to the framework of my family, which luckily my family system is very strong. So, you know, I didn't, no one junked our total relationship because of it, but lost some friends along the way, um, lost in terms of lost connection with them, but then also lost uh, because they were deceased and had a near-death experience before I was able to pull myself back from the brink. So. You know, I, I, it was serious in the sense that it affected my over-involvement with heroin, affected my life seriously. It made a, took a toll on it. It may be, um, let's see, respective to people who have fewer life channels, you might say, and we could talk about that, that that's kind of what I think of addiction is. You could say that it wasn't serious. I mean, if you look at the whole history of it, it's almost like I had a bad weekend because there's nothing that ties me to my addiction still, except that it was something that happened in my life. I'm interested in it, uh, but I've moved on from it so much. It would just, it would have to be such an existential gap that ever led me back to a, a pattern like that. 
Uh, does that answer your question? Serious yeah. that it bent, but yeah, no, it was serious to you. And the, what I was trying to get to, and which you you explained it, but the, the the devastating consequences that sometimes it has on families. Okay, mm. where it affects families where maybe we don't think about it how how they're um, they're worried about you, uh, they're thinking about you, they're afraid for you. Uh, they're trying to help, but they can't help. There's, there's something, you know, why can't he or she or they or them, uh, why can't they help themselves, please? And then asking for God's help and whatever. You know, it's very frustrating because I can relate to that so much. It's so close to me and mm -hmm. still affects me today. So I go, I tend to go there, you know, um, because the, People, people, sometimes people don't talk about the, the, the effect that it has on family, you know, uh, friends, mothers, grandparents, especially grandparents nowadays, because grandparents are helping out so much in the, in the homes. You know, it's just it's just so heart wrenching when when the, you think you can change somebody or help change somebody and you can't, you know, and so I just want to. Just touch on that just briefly. Well, let me let me say one more thing. It's it wasn't like that. I did I used in such isolation, and it was like I had two different lives. I don't. You, a lot of people I know from talking to so many people can relate to that, and so it was more like um, it was devastating to me, and it was also devastating to it, it stymied the person that I could be. Um, so it's like I never matured, and that's how my family saw it. Although they never knew until near the end of this addiction cycle what I was even up to. I just knew that I was stumbling. So I think that, that there were those, um, the idea that what the hell's going on with him? How can I help him out? Um, but I, I was able sort of to keep my feet in front of me for the most part until, until nearing the end, so. Okay, so that then, then we could go right to that, like, because Zach typed me out a couple questions. And he, he was saying, most people that use drugs don't become addicted. Okay. I agree with that. I mean, who, who, who wouldn't agree with that? But here's my question that you can answer. And, and it's, and I'm trying, I'm not trying to be a smart ass or anything, but. No, go for it. What does most mean? Uh, most, uh, I mean, depending on the drug. I mean, if we're talking about drugs, and so I'm saying most people who use drugs don't become addicted. Between 75, 90%, that's just based on the best evidence we have. I mean, survey data, that's, that's not just some surveys. It's like the vast national epidemiologic surveys that are done um, in sequence, NISARC, 43,000 participants, and they're studied over time and and uh, SAMHSA surveys that just show that most people who use drugs do it because they like drugs. They like the effects that they give them. And most people don't fall into some cycle that there's detriment. Okay, so I agree with most people who use drugs don't become addicted, but I don't agree with the most part of the percentage wise. Okay, that's just me. I, you know, I just, I just don't buy that, uh, that percentage. But I agree 100%. Most people. What's, what would be your What would be your figure? Uh, roughly, I would say maybe uh, maybe there's forty percent, uh, maybe forty percent 
really have problems. Uh, where do you get where do you get most, that from? Most people that use drugs don't become addicted. Uh, I would say maybe even maybe 50 or 60 percent maybe that use, I would say they become addicted, but I believe that they might become addicted, but they can become unaddicted. Hmm. You know, where do you, where, where do you pull that figure I, from? I, I just, you know, where I pull it from just my 38 years of experiencing life and going through, um, you know, going through different uh, periods of my life, going into different uh, recovery treatment centers or talking to people or, uh, yeah, just through my life experience. So about I, half, you'd say about roughly half the people you've interacted with in 38 years on this basis, about half fall into a cycle that's destructive and half don't? I'd say, yeah, probably. Sensible to me. If you, It's really hard to take a broader scope of that. It's really hard to ask that question and really get a good answer. When you're I know it is. Populations. See, no, I know yeah. it is. See, that's, a, that's about it. And I would say that, you know, even when I'm saying 75, based on, what you can get from those surveys, it's conservative in terms of what people report about themselves. But as you say, it's all it's all we have. No, that but see, no. So but the thing is, what I'm getting at is I don't have to rely on the uh, community, scientific uh, research community. I, I really don't have to. I think matter of fact, I think you and you and uh, Stanton were just talking about one when you were talking about cigarette addiction. Mm. And, and, and Stanton, because he's an old timer, you know, like when, when I was young or my parents were young, I don't even think they, they used the word addiction. I, I really never heard anybody talk about treatment centers and this one's addicted to that. I heard that he had a habit, you know, and he's got, he's got a habit, you know, uh, and it was more like commonsensical. Mm. It was more like in the common sense realm, like, Man, hey, 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 Rob, you got to have it, man. You better watch it. You, you know, you better do something about it. That's what my dad would say to me, you know? Yeah, and that's what I mean, too. It's that the question would be, all right, well, let's take that two ways. All right, so first, we'll stay in the scientific realm, then we'll get away from it. I'm a logical positivist. So um, the, the question really is how many people who use drugs find that, that the drug use itself is causing some sort of net impairment and distress in their lives? So basically, you ask, have you used a drug? Yeah. As, do you have shitty consequences for using that drug in your life? And so at least, at least in those surveys, roughly 75 to 90%, depending on the drug, they, they've done drugs. They don't have impairment and distress in their lives. Um, but I mean, even if you go to, you're talking about the smoking example. If you do it with any drug, you know, it depends on the milieu that you're associating with. If you go to a conference of elites or people who are obviously successful or maybe people who are treatment providers and you ask how many of you have done drugs and uh, how many of you have become addicted? Well, if you get treatment providers, maybe there's some people with lived experience, so you get a few. Um, but, but most places you go where it's like an upper scale, middle class to higher, you don't get as many and it kind of follows. But if you go, if you get into the trenches, say how many of you have used drugs and how many of you have had really shitty consequences from your drug use, you get a little bit lower. So if you go to a lower socioeconomic status or just a room full of people who had experienced distress in general, you'll get that answer more frequently. And so that's like you're saying, just basic observation is um, 
it kind of follows. Then you ask, well, how much of this country is deprived of those resources? And you can work yourself back into saying, you know, most people who are using drugs aren't going to have some horrible problem. And it's usually because people who have the resources to, you know, sidestep a problem usually do. Okay, then my, my question would be then, um, if 90%, let's just use scientific evidence, if 90%, let, let me ask you this, do you, do you mm. think that, just quick questions, not, not too analytical, but All right, yeah. would you, would, do you think alcohol and drugs and process addiction, uh, legal or illegal, is getting worse or better in the, in, in the world? In the world? Mm. Well, I think there's some places in the world where that question doesn't even make sense because things are so shitty. But uh, let's okay, can I just, let's say United let's States. Just, let's just use the United States. Okay. I think it's getting worse. Okay. Think, per period. It's just, I'm just going to ask you a couple. All right. All right. Okay. Flex. So it's all getting right. it's getting worse, right? Okay. Now, would you agree that the 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 research and the training and the education and the counselors and the doctors and the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the and the uh, alcohol and drug things you know even with all the governmental help uh, mm -hmm. like like way way back when when the methadone program came in that was like 40 years ago i knew that one of the guys that started w would you agree that that's getting greater there's getting so many more people but the problem let's say, you know, alcohol and drug and process addiction and all that is getting worse. Would you oh, agree man, with that? I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that, right? Yep. Okay, so that's where, that, that's where I'm, that's the only place I want to be, you know? And so what can I give or uh, inspire somebody to do about that in a different way than the old ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you and Stanton are all about. Okay. Because I'm, I kind of speak a, um, I'm going to just say it. Look, I, I, I really can't articulate too many big words. Okay. It, some people could call me very lack of intelligence. And some people could say, Bobby, you're really stupid and dumb. Now I'm not, you know, they, people can say that and they probably do, but here's the thing. What I found out I can, I can listen to the most intelligent person, a king, queen, I don't care who it is, Dr. Stanton Peel, you, anybody, use big gigantic words and intellectual work, but I can understand, I can see through it, and it resonates with me the truth. You know? That's good by me. When you when I someone that was at someone asked me to describe you in some adjectives unintelligent is not an adjective I would choose. And I also like the framework of thinking about things totally commonsensically. That's the, the book over my left shoulder. It's outgrowing addiction with common, common sense instead of disease therapy. And so when you're talking to me about, you know, just seeing things as they are, let's just speak the truth. I'm with you. Let's take that ride. I know you are. I know you are. I, I know you are. And that's why I asked you to come on because 
look, you're a musician, aren't you? You're, you're very creative. You're very creative. You're a musician. Um, people seen, seen something in you years ago as you came into the, the field. I think you're working like a YMCA or something. Somebody could see yeah, something man. into you, you know, and, and um, they seen a gift that you had and it was cutting through the bullshit and uh, common sense reality of seeing stuff that's just kind of real, you know? And that's what attracts me to you. Well, thank you. Okay. That's, a, that's the greatest compliment I could get. Yeah. And um, so uh, even, even Stanton, you know, I call him Stanton, you know, my, my daughter's going to have her doctorate degree in another month and she's going to say how brilliant she is, but, you know, but the, the, doc, yeah. the degree sometimes, the, the, but, but she is, she is, she is brilliant. Dina, you are, and congratulations. <laughs> but um, Stanton, it's almost like Stanton went through all these years with these intellectual professors and people and scientists and all that. And he's, and he's coming down. He's like, he's always been coming down and, and kind of like, like, wow. Most of this is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. And uh, look, when when you kind of you're lucky because you're learning this at a younger age, or you already had it. It's instinctual inside of you, and I believe some of us uh, have that. And um, I I admire that. Let's get into the life process program, life life process program, LPP, which is. Uh, you're you're a counselor at, at this. Is this your baby? Both ba you know, like is this UN Stanton's or is it you Stanton part of created it? it? Stanton created it in um, it was an inpatient rehab for a while, and then his partners. Oh, I don't want to say anything that's going to get legal, but just I could safely say his partners wanted to turn it into this like thirty thousand dollar a month, uh, you know, abstinence only kind of rehab. It was never twelve step oriented or anything like that, but he needed to get out of it. So he filed lawsuits to get out of it and to regain ownership of it. He created it. And so it, we brought this program online, which is a harm reduction. The life process program is an online counseling thing, coaching. And it's a harm reduction based. It's um, very commonsensical. There's no requirement that somebody either stop drugs or don't do drugs or don't drink or anything like that. The requirement is really that the person wants to be there and they're taking steps to, you know, regain balance in their life. No, that's, that's, and how long has that been going on? How, like from the origination of it to, to now, how long, you know, how many years? Good question. I, I don't really know. I think it was 2004 when the inpatient rehab happened and 2011 when he brought it online. Okay. 2011. It's almost it's been 20 online years. Tw yeah, 20, 20 years online uh, because Hey, whoever thought that that would be the big thing, they're going to shut me off at 40 minutes. So I'm going to look for the thing zoom because I got the basic and at 40 minutes Boy, I'd love to do a second part to this. We have plenty of time left, but I'd love to do a second part with Zach on this stuff, because this is some interesting, this is some interesting stuff, you know? So LPP is online and that's where everything's going now. It's online and it's, it's, you know, look, me personally, I believe that the, Hey, first of all, here's another question. I don't mean to, I don't mean to bust him for you and Stanton or anybody else's online program, but <laughs> shit, if 90% of the people don't have a problem, why in the hell should they come to you? 
Oh, good point. Well, I think if someone doesn't have a problem, they wouldn't come to us. But people have issues. And that's, um, well, I was almost got into another question that you asked me if permission to, to speak about earlier. But that's the thing, is that just because most people who take drugs, use drugs, don't become addicted to them, if you just let, let's just grant that for now, even if you don't agree with it. Uh, that doesn't mean that when people have problems, they're not significant and that they're not real. And we take, we take the idea of addiction as an experience very seriously. And at the same time, we try to handle it in a really common sense kind of skills building way. No, no, I was only kind of kidding on that sense because <laughs> um, look, I don't know if you know, you know, shadow work. Do you ever hear shadow work? Everybody has it. I mean, it's ancient. Shadow work is kind of self-analysis, you know. And I believe without the, let's see, let's, let me just go into, a, tell me if you kind of agree on this here with cause and effect, because okay. we can get down to the, the uh, now let, uh, just cause and effect a little bit. Would you agree that without understanding uh the mental, you know, physical is more like effect. Cause is more mental. What causes me to pick up alcohol, right? So cause and effect is kind of like the why. Why do I do the things I do, right? Mm -hmm. Would you agree that's kind of like down to the core quickly? Just stating a, something like that. The why? Yeah. For sure, at a, at a fundamental level, sure. Okay, how about just like uh, uh, conscious, subconscious, and unconscious? So we're kind of like raising the unconscious up to the conscious and kind of come, becoming aware of new things, new ideas, new sure. rational thinking. You agree with that? Sure, as long as we say the conscious and subconscious inter can intersect and interweave, yeah, we're good there. Right, right. So we kind of agree on that. And I think that that's probably, would you agree that, that the only way is, like, let, let's say if Jesus was here and Jesus said, I am the way. When he said that, I thought, I mean, I, I, I automatically think that he's saying, you're the way. You know, mm -hmm. I'm the way. Bobby's the way. Zach's the way. Susan's the way. Billy's the way. Johnny's the way. We are the only way. So would you would you say that it's got to come from us no matter what? Absolutely. Absolutely. The idea that you can have this uniform way of uh, getting people to do something that you want them to do or that you think they should do is absurd. I mean, whatever a person does to improve their lives has to make sense in the context of their own lives and their, you know, their needs and wants and all of it. Let's get into the second question. That second question, majority of people who become addicted recover over time, no matter the drug or involvement. Here, yep. I go back again to majority. I, I'm going with majority. Most people, have, let's just put it in, um, if you don't like the idea of, the reason I do that is because there is an idea, or at least there was, and I think most people have adopted this in some greater or lesser forms now, but there was an idea that anyone who does drugs or anyone who's become addicted to drugs, it's forever. It has now taken over your brain and it's forever. So that's my counterpoint to that, is that if you actually look at people in general, to put it back on the common sense plane, people 
kick their own their worst problems. I mean, people tend to once they mature out of them, and I don't mean mature like you know, someone's being a baby and now they're not, but mature with skills and resources and ways to operate in the world. People get over their problems, and I just don't put drugs and alcohol in some different category than any other involvements that people have in life that they tend to get over with time. Yeah, when you say majority could be like nine, nine, uh, you know, nine versus ten. The majority is ten. You know, could be one different person makes up in a majority. But I agree. I would even go and say, not anybody, because there's like you have mental challenges and there's things that happen to the brain and uh, handicaps that cannot. I don't. You know. It's devastating, but I think that's that's real. But I would say most anyone can can recover. I actually believe it's this easy. Like that. If you have the capacity to make changes in your life, yeah. it's that yeah. easy. It's it, it can be that easy, and yeah. it, and it doesn't have to be this painful, excruciating, uh, every day suffering. Oh, that's all I do is think about a drink and blah, blah, blah. That's not real. You know, we hear that shit over and over and over in all these programs because, you know, I was in Alcoholics Anonymous for 30 years. So 30 years. So I know all the BS and all this stuff. That's why I'm pretty good at deprogramming this by deprogramming Alcoholics Anonymous and and other programs also. But um, I would say, look, Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, you can achieve. You know, I think that was Napoleon Hill's one of his quotes. Wherever the attention goes, the energy flows. You know, uh, s- simple common sense stuff, like even like just Nike just says, just do it. You know, so I'm with you on all that common sense stuff and all that ability and this celebration. We could do a podcast on that celebrating. Uh, sobriety dates and times and cakes and blah 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 for the rest of your life that's all that, that's all it's just bull crap mm. you know and it's a made-up thing to keep you trapped into this recovery industry which is a multi-trillion dollar business and um okay let's go to the next one drugs and alcohol quick and a powerful source of satisfaction and relief People can easily become over-reliant on them, but drugs by themselves don't cause addiction. Now, some people- you I agree. Little, you, <laughs> yeah, you get a little, you can get a little, uh, you can get, you, you can get a, you know, flack and backlash from that statement, but yeah. you know what? This is what I really got into that with the cause. You know, so that's why I read that thing about cause and effect and cause has to do with the, pr- the present moment of the right. mind mental. So right. it's all a mental the, 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 the alcohol. Look, we all agree you can get addicted to alcohol. Yes or no. Yeah. OK, we all know you can get addicted to cigarettes. Yes, you can get addicted, but you can become unaddicted. You can moderate. I've proven it. I smoked a couple cigarettes uh, uh, for a day for like about eight months and then quit them all together again. And, you know, years ago, I smoked so many and, you know, and then quit and stopped. So that's a that's a fact. Would you agree to this? That, that, now, a lot of people, if you Google this and try to search it, research studies on this, 
Alcohol is the most dangerous drug in the world. I guess that depends on circumstance of what you're looking at. I mean, alcohol certainly is people's use of alcohol and then their subsequent behavior due to alcohol related activities seems to be quite dangerous okay, in so, terms of, because we you could be talking about like roadside accidents anything, uh, anything. or, you know, alcohol poisoning, alcohol withdrawal. I mean, alcohol is one of two drugs that you can die just by stopping its use if you use it enough. So, or you could you can die by the poisoning because alcohol is a poison. It's right. a toxic. It's a neurotoxic. What I'm interested in is, as you say, I'm not so interested in cause and effect in terms of which drug did you use? Oh, did you become addicted? I'm in line with you, and I I think what did the drug do for you, and why did or or alcohol or whatever it is, and why do you seem not to have attractive alternatives to that thing for? I'm satisfaction you're seeking yeah now we're on the same page with that i'm just i I'm just sure. don't want to i i never want to deny the consequences that alcohol has on society good bad or whatever you know no no i don't, I don't want to deny that because i don't want to minimize the suffering that it causes and it does cause suffering do you believe that that it causes cancer it certainly there's, can there's studies that say it causes cancer alcohol causes cancer but i mean it in what respect? I mean, of course, it can. Of course, sure. any anything you ingest can cause cancer. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. drink into oblivion, uh, your your cancer rate goes way up. Cirrhosis. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, impaired judgment. Does it impair your? Th Here we go. Let's get into this. Does it impair your thinking? And do you, can you actually think normally like you would think if you weren't intoxicated? Well, what's normally and what's intoxicated? Well, like for me, I can just say for my life, I did shit that I would never, never consider doing. Sure. Okay. I mean, of course that can happen. But then again, I mean, you can use any drug. And I, some, at some point, I want to pivot away from drugs on this, but use any drug to either enhance whatever you're doing or use it to the point that it's causing impairment. And of course, drugs, any drug, alcohol, that can cause impairment. To thinking, to impairs your thinking. It certainly can, but yeah. but I would I wouldn't put the blanket statement alcohol impairs your thinking. No, I, no, I, no, 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 no. I just said it can. Yes. Okay. I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I didn't say. I mean, every time. Let's get into yeah. something real quick about moderation because I'm just I'm saying this because this is what I'm I'm sensing through the community. I'm okay. just, it's just like a sense. It's just like, it just doesn't resonate real keenly with me because I have grandchildren. I have five grandchildren, you know, and I, you know, they, uh, some of them, bah, 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 you know, and uh, I'm very, very, uh, that's why I do some of these podcasts to give them alternative methods because who in the hell wants to be called an alcoholic, drug addict, clean, uh, clean or sober or drunk or a disease, nobody, powerless, nobody wants to. So that's why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for the next generation and generations to come because my grandchildren are growing up in society. Okay? Good on you. Moderation. What the hell is all this moderation stuff about when it's just normal thing? Like my wife, she drinks, she drink when she wants to. I mean, if she wants to have a drink one day, maybe another month she won't, but that's not moderation. Actually, if you look I see up, what the, you're I, I, I actually, if you look up the definition of moderation, it's it's restraint. 
it's like, oh, I got to moderate, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. almost, it's almost like abstinence because the temperance movement, let's, let's get one thing clear. The temperance movement is not only about abstinence, it's about moderation too. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I actually do agree with that. Okay. So the idea that your soul focuses on how much of a thing you're consuming, how much of the time, I mean, it really, really narrows your view of what life is, if that's what you're so hell-bent on. So just in the same way that you count your days of sobriety, you count the number of days you have not done something. I agree. Sort of limiting your scope of what how valuable your life is to how many drinks a day you're having. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, totally agree. Uh, and that, that comes down to, like, the harm reduction. And, I uh, hey. Harm reduction is like, uh, you know, they, they kind of compare it with seatbelts and, you know, other different things, uh, I guess, you know, prophylactics, you know, uh, for, for, harm reduction goes into all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But when the, I, I kind of look at it, the only thing I'm looking at is, is I, I got to be careful about the government, the governmental, uh, how they get involved. And how they got involved, mm. Wait, you, people don't understand if you go back into the history, how they got involved with this. What was their agenda? You know, was there a hidden agenda about all this harm reduction? Because the government's going to protect you and watch and make sure you do the things the government tells you to do because they're all on your side, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the war on drugs and, and all the treatment centers and getting outside of the pyramid and why it actually was designed in itself. Uh, Zach, moderation, anything more on, oh, here's another thing. This new, you know, I don't like to use the word abstinent because that, that word is ridiculous. Abstinence, you know, everybody, it's, as soon as you say it, then they think you're a disease model thinker, you know, and mm-hmm. anything I say, they can say, well, you didn't read the book good enough, you know, or, or you really, you really still not deprogrammed enough, you know. And they they got they got something to say about everything that like I would say that is opposite of what they're saying. Yeah. But, but the <laughs> abstinence, I personally, I don't drink or drug. I don't. I don't. I haven't for. And I'm going to say it for 48 years. No big shit. I'm doing stuff that I'm supposed to be doing anyhow. I feel. First of all, I'm cheap. Okay, I'm cheap as hell. I don't know what a, a damn beer costs. Uh, six bucks or something like that. Why would I? Why would I even want to moderate spending six bucks on something that I could buy a case of water for? You know, mm. so I'm kind of cheap in that sense, and I just I feel that it's healthier for me, you know. And I don't go. I don't even try to uh, abstinence. There's no such thing as like me trying to be abstinent. It's just like me trying not to not to cheat on my wife. You know, I just don't do it. You know, that's that's for me. But I, in, in the community, I'm seeing like abstinence is like a, what, the new thing is uh, uh, alcohol-free life, an alcohol-free life. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, for uh, somebody to want to live an alcohol-free life for their health, uh, maybe make some changes in their life. And there's nothing wrong with people drinking or getting drunk or using drugs if because I believe 100% in the power of choice, 100%. I'm not a prohibitionist. And whatever you do is up to you. It's, 
not my business what you do. If it affects you, I think Zach and, and the life process program is here. The, the reason it's here is to minimize harm, right? Who in the hell don't want to, if you feel satisfied in, in uh, drinking or drugging and, and it's not that problematic and you feel like you want to cut back and, you're, and, you, and you need some help, life process program is here for you. No question about it. What else you want to, what else you want to get into? Talk a little well, bit. Thanks for saying that. I just want to add on to that. It's minimizing harm for sure. Like you, you, people are doing what they're doing and they have reasons for doing it. And so it's worthwhile to think about how can you do what you want to be doing without getting too, you know, into a big mess or really uh, prohibiting yourself from being able to enjoy yourself. But how can you just do it and make sure that it's slightly safer or that it's more reasonable and that it's, that it's incorporated in your life. But from there, it's like, what do you want your life to be? So I'd say even more than uh, just mitigating the harm, which is which is a solid foundation. Just how do you build up your life? How do you you know achieve things that you want to achieve? And maybe along the way you decide to change your mind on whatever the substance or relationship thing is. But you know, having it, living a good life. Exactly. Yeah, that that's uh, that's where I'm at. That's why I continue to do these podcasts to continue to study, search. You know, it says seek and you shall find. I continue to constantly search. I'm still flawed, you know, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm a perfectly imperfect human being that still has the, these alcohol, Alcoholic Anonymous wants to say dead, seven deadly sins and all the character defects. They're all human behavior. Hmm. That's all it is, it's just human behavior. Zach, tell us a little bit about the, the program and like, how can they click into uh, the different levels and layers of the program as far as money-wise? And, and here's a quick question. Money-wise, do they just uh, pay a credit card one time each month or is it is it reoccurring uh, payment per month? Reoccurring monthly. And so people, there's there are three different tiers. One is $19.99. We, we do that like a uh, shelf pricing thing where it's not quite $20. So it's, let's call it 20 bucks. A month for um, a self-led. So we have these module exercises that are written up. It's sort of like a cognitive behavioral thing, getting people to write about their lives, write a life story, and think about different dimensions of their lives and ask, being asked therapeutic kind of questions and they can answer. So they do that, and it's all written. Twenty bucks a month, uh, thirty-nine bucks a month. Let's call it forty bucks a month. Per uh, you, you do that. Plus, you can have interaction with a coach or counselor. And um, for it's $89 a month, people get full access to, you can constantly, any time of night, day, message your coach counselor. You get, when you do the written exercises, you get feedback on those exercises, sort of like summaries and say, here's what I'm seeing. What does it say to you? You know, where do you want to go with this? What kinds of things do you want to tackle or talk about? And then those people have options to engage with hour long sessions with their coach or counselor. And also have that we have a members only Facebook group and chats and and uh, group meetings once a week. Yeah, which I just posted something on on it. You know, Zach said there's uh, and on Facebook, come join us over at Anonymous Addiction, My Truth About AA, as Bobby C sees it, private group. And Zach's got his he's got the Light Process Program private group, and I think uh, Outgrowing Addiction private group. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to buy Zach's book. It's right behind him. Hold that up, Zach. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's the book, Outgrowing Addiction. I, I think, you know what? Look, 
we're going to we're we've been talking about that book, haven't we, on this podcast? Actually, for the most part, we you know we didn't get into the, my my work with. So the book is really this is like five seconds. The book is my work with kids and teens. Stanton's to work historically with adults with addiction problems, and you know I work with kids who have exhibit challenging behavior in a school place or have lost their way somehow. And then we tie those together. We say, this is just life. You know, there's no, there's no thing or substance that plays by different rules than life. And here's the whole lifespan for you. So that's, that's what that book's about. But we touched on some of the concepts in it. Yeah. Yeah. Check out, check out Zach's book. And, uh, and, uh, you know, Stanton's wrote about what, 14 books or whatever. He's, you know, yeah. he's been around forever. He's the old timer of the, debunking the, the disease model you know if, if whoever can't give them credit for that then they don't know what they're talking about um but um what else what else oh i had something on my mind i wanted to talk oh here here we go how much would it cost for me to go see a reputable psychologist nowadays per hour i don't even really know Maybe 65, 75, maybe 110, you know, they're expensive. You and hopefully get... insurance covers. Right, insurance right. Covers, yeah. <laughs> I always, when I first did one-on-ones, I, I looked for somebody that was really good. She did a sliding scale. She used to charge me 35 bucks a session or whatever. Mm. I sit in with groups and I had years and years and years ago when I first came in, I did a group with a, a gentleman named Len and he helped me uh, unprogram a lot of different things about myself. Because it's really deprogramming about ourselves, you know, deprogramming about Alcoholics Anonymous. That's just the first step. Okay. Mm. You got to constantly deprogram about a lot of stuff in life and society because we've been brainwashed and, and, and fed a lot of lies. Okay. That we, we, we were told that were true and they're really not, you know. Uh, so here's my point you can go over and see Zach or one of the counselors over there at the Life Process Program for 39 bucks a month thanks for the plug man that that's that was part of the uh, non-negotiable deal is that it has to be affordable for the majority of people hopefully right? so i have, i appreciate that you know i usually i don't really like to promote different things and different modalities when i see a kind of a pyramidal structure hierarchy yeah. structure i kind of and i'm going to call them out i'm going to call them out on it I, I tell you what i could do a podcast on smart recovery the, the hierarchy pyramid of that because I'm a smart recovery facilitator. Okay. And I run a lot of, a lot of groups, a lot of meetings and I, people, when I run them, I know how to direct them. Okay. Hmm. I'm a good manager and director of the meetings and let the people come in. The problem can be is that a lot of rehabs and a lot of treatment centers and sober houses are bringing all their people into the smart recovery because they give them a choice now, which is the good thing. You know, the rehabs now are giving people choices only smart recovering alcoholics anonymous i think right now but they're giving them choices and i used to run a bunch of for some rehab uh, some re treatment centers and rehabs run smart recovery meetings and other different types of meetings um so i'm aware of smart recovery but it's a, it's cr it's crazy it's like walmart you know you pay to be a volunteer Okay. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that you, we were talking about that last time. Yeah, you pay uh, because I paid 99 bucks and I studied, but I'm interested in this stuff. So it was worth it for me. You know, I'm, I'm really into it. Uh, so I get I, I pay. So I, they, I paid them for me to start their meeting. I had to go search the meeting. I had to find it. I had to do all my flyers and all my 
promotions and start the meeting. And then I had to collect the donations. And then I had to send the money into the, the, the ch chapter. I'm just saying, you know, it's good. I like smart recovery. I really I'll do. let you volunteer for the low, low price of, yeah, I know. I like smart recovery, so don't get me wrong. But, you know, you good can month. buy a book for 15 bucks and it's a good deal, you know. And then you can listen to Bobby C or uh, join Zach and, and Stanton on any of the podcasts. And you're going to learn a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff. What else you want to talk about, Zach? You had a question for me. I'll let you decide whether you want to ask it or not. You had said. Uh, oh, you had yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. What separates the life process program from the freedom model, which now is the international model. They just launched it April 1st. But you know what's weird? I'll tell you what's weird. This podcast right now is going international. Did you know that the did you know that the internet is worldwide? Okay. So we're going to be talking about Bobby. See, I'm going to start an anonymous addiction international network starting now. <laughs> okay. It's going to be yeah. global worldwide. So I guess we could say that about our program too. We have people who uh, join us from all countries. Yeah. Any country. Of course you That's can. Right. So watch out for uh there's, uh, you know, Bobby gets into a lot of business tactics because I own several different businesses in my life and I understand business promotion, uh, brainwashing and uh, sub subliminal and osmosisly received messages. Uh, Zach, tell us the difference about your program and the freedom model. Well, I like the guys at the freedom model, Steve Slate, uh, Mark Sheeran, Michelle Dunbar, and I've, I've read their book. Uh, it's a pretty thick book too. And I read it from cover to cover. Very smart guys, very interesting. There, Mark had, you know, a long time ago started a program that was antithetical to AA because, you know, in, from, in his mind, it basically killed him trying to prohibit himself from doing the things that he was interested in doing and the, having this idea of himself that um, he's horrible if he ever drinks again a day in his life. So he may as well just go all out if he's going to do it at all. And uh, I had to have both of them on the podcast Steve Slate came on twice for over an hour long discussion. Mark came on once so that I could really even figure out what the differences were. It seemed like there was some, but I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And I think what I've landed on is that I think addiction is a worthwhile term to use, the term addiction, because it describes, I mean, there's a phenomenon and an experience of getting involved with something so much that you sort of, box out other things in your life that seem to have mattered to you before and you get so involved with it that you have trouble generating positive experiences in other parts of your life and we kind of know that phenomenon and i think that the term addiction has i think you said it earlier has been hijacked by various people who have different ideas about how they want to use it for what reasons but i think that it's a good idea to have a term a placeholder to talk about that experience, which I think is real. Um, they say nearly the same thing, but I think they're just saying like, we don't need to talk about like addiction or over-involvement with stuff that just, just your brain, it's just your, just your life. And so you can either have a preference for it or you don't have a preference for something and um, you just got to get over it and start thinking differently. And I don't know exactly where we intersect or not, 
but I think I give more credence to the idea that addiction is a phenomenon worth addressing that's meaningful to people that you can talk about in terms of the problems and destruction that it causes and um, that it also provides naming it provides a framework to get yourself away from it other than that but are the ways that we have of you know building on life seem to be pretty much simpatico i mean i don't see that there are too many differences so i guess we have that one fundamental clash and just yeah i guess our, our way of conceiving of what addiction is or whether it's even a meaningful concept or not yeah that's good that's good there, there yeah michelle uh mark and uh i don't see steve much anymore i know he's on twitter but he must be doing his own thing because he's not on there much hmm. anymore so i i I think he's probably maybe branched out and, and is doing some other things. I hope to tell you the truth. Um, here, here's, here's my thing. This is what I found out. And this is what I've discovered throughout my life. Okay. In anything, I don't care because, you know, 38 years ago, I started to listen to Anthony Robbins and I bought his tapes. Hmm. I mean, 38 years ago, you know, I listened to Wayne Dreyer and, and believed him, listened to him, you know, right now I, I, you know, Five, ten, eight years ago, I started to listen to Eckhart Tolle, you know, and The Power Now and The New Earth and, you know, Christy Murdy, uh, Osha. I listen to I listen to everybody. I listen to all kinds of things. I take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But this is what I found out the common denominator with everything, everything, is that it's got to come from us. Hmm. It's, it's almost like no matter where you go, everything somebody just don't have the answer because if they did, everybody wouldn't be doing this great thing throughout the whole vast part of the world with all these different programs. So this one works, this one don't, this one, the one common denominator in it all is you. It's you, my friend. So when you understand that and when you can get the power and, and discover the power inside of you to want it, because I believe it comes with a desire, you know, but you need the will, you know, will is something. And then the care to care means to take care of something is to nurture it, to care about something. It's a generative force. It's almost like the heart. It pumps, you know, with the care. And then you've got to put into action. So with the desire, your will, the care and action, we could get to whatever we want. You know, um, we are powerful. There's no question about it. Zach, here's one other thing real quick. If I was to say the little percentage of people, because you were saying the scientific evidence shows that there's a small percentage of people that get addicted. Do you, do you think that it possibly could be an allergy for some of the small percentage of people? I don't know if I, I, I can't think of that making sense. I can't think of that mean being a meaningful, constructive way to think about it. No. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> in short, no. But I mean, that's probably the best answer in short, no. You know, and uh, I don't, I, I think everybody can make their own decision on that because it's your body. After all, I believe that we become our sole advocates. We are the advocate, you know, of our own body's mind. I believe in the spirit. I believe in the kind of, you know, as soon as, I have hats that I that, that I drew up. It says no more labels. I don't mm. like labels. You know, if I said I was spiritual, automatically somebody would call, 
they would put me in the realm of what their consciousness and awareness and their reality thinks about what spirituality means. So I'm careful of words because words really can cast spells upon the mind because words, like if I said God, me personally, I do not like the word God. I think it's been so misused and so abused and so spoken so many times and God we trust. you know, even in the courts, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help me, God, everything is God. So if I said I was atheist or if I said I was agnostic, so I try to tend to not use words. People will probably describe me into whatever language or word they want to they want to use. But I personally do believe that there's a consciousness outside of us. And sometimes this consciousness that dwells in the ether comes into us because I, how else would we like because most everything is copied. If you really look at it, most of the stuff we copy. Re- repackaged, yeah, right. Repack- and then we take this, I believe this, either this consciousness that comes down and comes in, it becomes something new. If it yeah. wasn't, how in the hell does Elon Musk come up with this crap? Yeah, I right. don't know. You know, if it didn't work that way, you know, I don't, I don't know, because there's always something new coming out. People need to believe whatever they believe. And I'm t- I mean, God, you got to just be free to believe the things that you want to. People are going to be whether you tell them not to be or not. So many of us are tasked with helping other human beings. That that's where your point really comes to fruition. It's like the way that you help human beings is saying, well, just do this or just don't do this. Or I have the uniform you know, analysis for you. It's who are you? What do you believe? What do you care about? And let's think problem solve some ways you might achieve that in the context of your life. That's so I, uh, I totally align with you. And if you want to believe whatever you want about spirituality or not, it's just, you know, take what you believe and how do you turn that into something constructive in your life? That's what helpers need to be. I really thinking about focusing on. And another thing is when we go against the stream, you know, people talk about going against the stream or, you know, talking stuff that, people really don't want to hear, you know, mm. and what I found out to be true or true to me, what truth to me is may not be true to you, but here, here's one thing that I believe in the power of choice. I believe I'm talking about for me. So I have the power of choice to shut you down and not listen to you either. Okay. I have the power of choice, not to believe your stuff and, and dismiss the information and not let it come into my consciousness because I don't buy. That's not me being closed-minded. I don't think, you know, that's me just discovering something new, outgrowing something or moving on, or maybe awareness, becoming more aware, maybe bringing my conscious up to unconscious up to conscious level and understanding some more things. If that wasn't true, then how in the hell would we look at people like Plato and Socrates and all these other people, you know, when they, we look at new people and hear different information. If it wasn't true, then why are we even listening to new people and understanding new ideas and new information and, and all these new concepts? You know, it, it's, it's, it's to me, we need to evolve. Mm. You know? And that's what I believe you're doing. And I know, I know Stanton has evolved through, through this process. Um, and you tell him, tell him I said hi and, uh, well, what else you want to talk about? Anything else? Oh man, we're we're in the gamut here. I'm I don't want to like be Burn cut off cut off mid sentence. So uh, you know we're yeah. good to go. I I just appreciate you talking to me. It's interesting the things that you're doing. Um, 
I like that you take different perspectives, analyze them, think about them in super common sense, down to earth terms. And so I appreciate it. I actually, yeah, people should know, I sought you out for the conversation in the first place and, and we'll have to have you on one of the podcasts, whichever one you choose. Yeah, you, you, you decide. Uh, Zach, thank you. I don't know which way I point this way or that way. I never know, but <laughs> thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope to see you again. And I know I'll hear you and, and watch your podcast with you and Stanton again. So no problem. It's like, I know you already. No big deal. Um, thank you so, so much, brother. So it's almost like I sat in the living room because of his chair over there. He's like me. I got the same studio back here. Stanton has that big chair. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, so everybody check them out. See us later. Peace out. Be good. Thank stay, you. Stay on. <laughs>